1: Welcome back to The Experience. I'm Dirk Bradley. And I'm Warren Rustler. You know, Dirk, the wonders of the battle axis never cease to amaze me. One team finds a cold stone dungeon with a predictable host of oozes, goblins, and ghouls. The other finds a sandstone mausoleum brimming with animal-headed guardians of the dead. And just when you think it's all mazes and rock walls, bam! You're in a modest manner piecing together the memories of its necromantic master.
2: Like opening your third bag of tater flakes and finding a thumb inside. Not quite the decoder ring you were hoping for, but a prize nonetheless. Not quite, Dirk. I just don't get it, Rust.
1: Why aren't they doing it? Doing what? There's a dungeon. Aren't they supposed to, you know, do it? It would seem that Team Gold Dragon has opted for a non-traditional approach to this quest. Thorough dungeoneering is critical for an exploration quest, but teams can choose to approach a quest any way they'd like. And so long as they commit to their choices and see them completed, their scores should be unaffected.
2: But it's a dungeon, Rusty. Even the most homey of dungeons has nooks and crannies to probe and pilfer. Candelabras, chandeliers, armoires sagging with fine pottery and fur coats. There's gold in them their credenzas, and a single bearskin rug does not a trove make.
1: Perhaps our cautious new cadre is more concerned with the mysteries of the quest than the quality of its contents. Well, it's their loss.
2: I stick to my first rule of dungeon exploration. Find the path you're supposed to take and avoid it at all
1: costs. Perhaps there's wisdom in your words, Dirk. How long did you say you were in the League? Four days. Oh, what gilded thoughts must lie in the vaults of your
2: storied mind. Will the dragon find their hoard? Will the help help themselves to a helping of helpful adventurers? Will this old coot do anything but try to read? Stay tuned to find out.
3: You stand in the library of an old manor, infested with the dead. One of the foul creatures kneels before you, having just been thoroughly bonked on the head with a halberd. Yeah, that's, that's a- accurate. In the corner, Iavos is sifting through pages, trying to find the order in which they should be read.
4: Looking down onto this creature in front of me, we'll say, You want to put your master's journal back together? That is what we want.
2: I was just trying to do what was
4: right. Then we are trying to do the same thing?
2: You're outsiders. You're here to hurt us.
4: We are here to... Well, I'm not too certain. But you say that we can't leave. Your master's notes have also said that leaving is impossible. We are here to do a task? That sounds like a task we are meant to accomplish. Try not to think too much about the logic. Good job remembering that. That's exactly what they told us to do. Just don't think about it. Yes. Don't question our coach. <laughs> coach, what are you doing here? Don't question. Yavos, put this journal back together. Me and Hal, we will go secure the area. I will do my best. Fumbling with like
5: all these armfuls of paper. <laughs> I wish they were numbered. That would be so much simpler.
6: How many friends you got around here? Eh? I'm not telling you nothing.
7: Hal, Hal, just go with Gaspar. Let me handle this.
6: I, like, lean down and look at him and go, yeah, you will. I kind of
7: shove him out the door and (laughs) kneel down with this guy. I'm so sorry. You seem like you're having a rough day.
3: You stink of fire magic.
7: That was from my rough day. I don't like fire very much.
3: The two of you go out into the hallway. You see two doors before you. One that you assumed was maybe a servant's quarters, or perhaps a, a minor bedroom, and then the master bedroom.
6: I'll point at the smaller bedroom, and that one is uh, self-contained. The other one has uh, another door inside. Gaspar's going to check the servants first.
3: Cool. You go inside, and it looks like it hasn't been used in a long time. No one sleeps in here. After a brief look around, you don't find much, but on the
4: nightstand, you do find this piece of paper. How... The heading says: "Compel a handshake over a great distance. One. Find a subject willing or otherwise. Two. Draw upon the back of the hand the necromantic symbol. Be sure to leave the center portion blank. Three. Speak the command, careful to daub the final blot of the symbol at the full stop of the command. Four. Take the subject's hand as though in greeting. Five. Use your free hand and certain not to let go. Take hold of a blade of a length no greater than 10 inches. 6. In one downward hacking motion, remove the subject's hand. 7. There will be no blood or injury, save that the subject's hand now resides in your own. The pain will also be great. Hal, I don't like that this is... this is a little too close to home for me. 8. At any point, you may take the severed hand as though in greeting and shake it three times, in an up and down motion. Placing your other hand over the top in an expression of fondness ensures success. Nine. On the third shake, the subject will appear before you, the hand attached at the wrist with no lasting harm.
5: This is the weirdest beef Wellington recipe I've ever made.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there are many incantations written there in languages you don't understand, as well as symbols that your eyes have a hard time processing. There are many uses to
4: this, just not to me.
7: I promise you, we are here to help. I'm so sorry that you got bonked. My name is Penny. What is your name? I ain't telling you nothing. I feel like I said that before. That's okay. I will talk then. I'm so grumpy.
5: (laughs) I was over there pondering over the mystery of the jars and also trying to stitch together these pieces of paper, looking to his enchanted sewing needle to guide him with its thread. And you do find the next one. Oh, "'This looks promising. Let's see here. "'I have been months here, or perhaps years. "'Supply is brought weekly. I waited of a Sunday. "'All day I watched the wood. When I adjourned to the privy, "'I returned to find we had been resupplied, at a speed which defies reason. "'Why do the villagers tend to me? Why do they not show themselves? "'How do they navigate the wood? Questions abound, yet answers evade me. "'Great-uncle's notes,' Or impenetrable. He writes in cipher, but I am beginning to unravel its mysteries. That's all it says. It's a great-uncle. He's the real master of this house. But I won't serve him. You mistook me for someone before. Indeed. Why is that? I figured he'd be an old chap. So you've never met him? Great-uncle, no. So he rules unseen? Yeah. Well, I mean nebit rules nebit my real master he's a good one. and this is his journal yes he's such beautiful handwriting look
3: at it he walks over to the notes and starts pointing at them oh
5: I've been inspecting it quite carefully thank you yes the penmanship is impeccable in fact I think calligraphy may aid us in unraveling more of these mysteries
3: you come out of the spare bedroom and into the master and there you find the door on the other side A standard king-sized bed. And on the left side wall, you see what looks like a plaque containing a number of bells. On the bottom of those bells, hanging from the knocker, are what look like
6: leather name tags. And this sheet of paper. To feel certain in the death of a friend or foe, write the name of the subject on a piece of leather. I look at the bell. Acquire a bronze bell Uh, other metals are acceptable but may slow the process or yield inconsistent results Uh, name and hint overwhelm oneself with powerful memory of the subject hang leather name tag from the clapper of the bell and hang from a wall or ceiling think of the death of the subject the more gruesome and vivid the better I glance uncomfortably (laughs) over at, at Gaspar ring the bell from the name tag should the subject die, the bell will toll. If performed well, tinkling can be heard when subject is wounded. This one is also covered in arcane information. I check the names on the tags.
3: They seem to be pretty standard names. Bellafina Brooklyn, Nathaniel
6: Haverford, all sorts of strange names. Well, uh, it looks like we can find out lots of weird things about people. I don't know what to make of any of this, do you? Although the subject is
4: quite relevant to me, I know nothing about necromancy. It seems like an oversight. I did not do this to myself. Well, my actions led to it, but I did not want this either. I believe that. When you inspect the door at the far end of the room, you find
3: a personal privy, as well as a large bathing tub, but no other useful objects or finery.
7: Okay, next room. After he's been talking to Iavos for a bit, I'm going to gently place my hand on his shoulder and get his attention. He jumps. And I'm going to use an ability that I have called Fey Presence. Mm. And he is going to have to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Not his strong suit, shockingly. And yet he still
3: managed to roll a 16. Ooh,
7: okay. He manages to stave off my... My fay glamours. Mm-hmm. And so I will just keep kind of talking softly to him, and I will... I will ask him. More Fae magic. You recognize it? Yes. Yes, that's that's what I am. I am I am Fae. I can smell it on the air. That's a very keen nose you have. Aye.
5: I always had a keen nose, even before I was made like this. I say, Penny, I found another note. I am so lonely now. I look longingly upon the book of dark craft I discovered in the dumb waiter. Its highlighted passages bespeak a reprieve from this isolation. I would not want to shackle those closest to me to this aggrieved fate. To summon flesh and blood, select a familial subject. The subject must be related directly by blood. Attempts to conjure adoptive family will likely result in manifesting only the disembodied... Dermis, to a great distress of all parties. Engage in one week's funeral vigil and fast. Meditative on one's relationship with the subject. Sure to wear no color save earth tones and certainly a veil or shroud of black. Using a knife, glowing from fire. Metal is unimportant. Though aluminum glows at a lower temperature, remove a portion of flesh and bone. A pinky finger will do yet smaller practitioners' may wish to opt for a greater relative portion, so to speak. After first subject, use subject sample to save on personal resources. Toss sample into the very center of a body of standing water, a minimum sixteen square feet and one full inch deep. When ripples die, speak incantations. The subject will rise from the water to float, if necessary, for up to three minutes before gravity pulls them asunder. Insolvent not guaranteed, nor indeed likely. Strange directions. Strange indeed. That's how I got here. <laughs> he needed me. He was
3: alone, and now I'm, I'm here for him.
7: That is very kind of you.
5: Was it your arm that summoned you? No. No, there, there's something Patton. Patton stands. Patton. Patton! Patton!
7: Patton! <laughs> I'm going to clap a hand over his mouth.
3: <laughs> as soon as he tries to let out the first loud Patton, your hand slaps down on top of him. Go ahead and roll me a quick grapple. That sounds like that's going to work. Nine. Uh, you actually do succeed. <laughs> you managed to hold him tight, but he is struggling ferociously. Shh,
7: shh, shh. I'm sorry. We're using our inside voices right now.
3: i going to go ahead and roll to see if anybody heard him. You hear nothing. Do Gaspar and
6: I hear that? You do hear uh, what sounds like somebody about to shout. Okay. Hal enters like a ready stance and then seems like they've got it under control. <laughs> if somebody
4: comes, let's just knock them out as well. What works so well last time?
6: Let's do better than that. The only direction downstairs that we haven't been yet is down the hallway that the two undead creatures went down, right? Correct. Did my divine sense give me anything other than presence of undead? No, because you okay. were blocked by walls yeah. and whatnot. okay. downstairs we go. What? But we're not supposed to split the party. It's a rule. We're still close by, right? Oh, I don't like this at all. <laughs> but I've got your back. All right, go ahead and roll me a stealth check, both of you. Da, 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 da. That's a 19 and a 2 mm. for a total of 3. Beautiful. 11. Awesome. Hal has yet to roll above double digits on a die so far this game. You hear? I think there's somebody else up there. Hmm. Okay. To the
4: library we go.
6: Hal, how's is... No, no, it's it's just me. Uh, don't worry. Everything's fine. I got the journal. Go ahead. Roll me a deception. Yes.
3: <laughs> hey, I rolled double digits. That's a 16. Well, it wouldn't matter because you got a two. Even with just your bonus, I think you would have beat it's him. It's true. Yeah. All right. Well, be quick about it. Let me know if you need anything. Can do.
5: <laughs> I am
4: shooketh.
3: You're lucky they're idiots. <laughs>
5: <laughs> if I had a nickel, <laughs> I always was looking around for the next proper page of the journal having an armful of ones and not sure which one is right. Looking back to the jars on the shelf and like looking over them and like, all this paper, All these books and parchments. Maybe the puzzle has something to do with writing a note. Yes, perhaps. Oh, look, here it is. Great uncle has taken care in my tutelage. Missives sent up from the depths of the manor speak of presumed progress. Though I fear I am made laggardly by moral apprehension and corporeal hesitations. If I am to leave this place, I must study. Yet what man could stand again before my family home? Surely not I. Another man laden with the burdens of sin and accursed knowing. You two. Mm-hmm. What's your plan? Ah,
6: it looks like that bottle's a bit of time, but uh, don't know how much longer he'll buy it.
4: Okay, Hal, how does this sound? We go back to the library. We take these papers that we have found and give them to Iavos. Sounds like a plan.
7: I'm very sorry to hold you like this, but... If you yell, we can't help you. We are just trying to help you. You're not trying to help me. You're trying to do. Your master sounds like a very interesting person. I've been listening to Ayavos to read these journal entries. It seems like there is a great mystery afoot. This is wonderful, man. Read another. I uncover his mouth. Ayavos, I, I think he would like you to continue this story. Yes, I speak muzzle quite well. <laughs> <laughs> Here we have it.
5: I have done it. The first, perhaps of many yet to come. Alphonse was a fine choice, I suspect. That's me. That's me. Well done to you, sir. Alphonse was a fine choice, I suspect. Ever dutiful, unfettered by ambitions, or indeed wit. What does that mean? It means it is a precious thing to speak again. I hope against hope I have not taken him from peaceful rest.
6: Were you talking about me just now? As Hal says as he walks back in. No, he was talking
4: about me. Oh. You have so much in common. Halophons. <laughs> huh?
5: How goes the exploration? I heard noises from the hall.
4: Well, we found a couple weird pieces of paper. Someone was shouting. Or at least tried to.
7: Penny's on top of it, yes. In a very literal sense. <laughs>
5: Tell me more of these strange pieces of paper. Are you saying like with a handful? Yeah. I certainly have plenty of my own. <laughs>
4: <laughs> they appear to be rituals. Neither Hal nor I know what all of these symbols are, but there are clear instructions. You take them and immediately you know what they are. These are actual spells, mm. fully functional, and necromantic.
3: You can practically feel the dark energy dripping off of them.
5: Ah. Yes, I know this kind of magic. Not personally with great intent, but I am familiar with it. I have spoken to someone very dear to me about it at great length.
3: The strange thing about these is that they do not follow the normal arcane pattern. They definitely seem to sidestep some pretty key restrictions common to your kinds of magic. Hmm. But you imagine you could actually perform all of these? Well, not all
4: necromancy is bad.
5: I agree completely. Some of it is quite necessary. And perhaps if we are to solve whatever mystery is happening here, I will need these. You've missed several pages of the journal, but they just keep coming. <laughs> Alphonse was willing enough to sacrifice for my purpose, and through his kindness, my family grows. When
3: you say my family grows, Alphonse holds up his stump. Yes, I see. My stump nods in
5: solidarity. <laughs> stump rose. Stump bump?
8: <laughs> stump bump? Oh,
5: God. I would fear for the souls of these dear kin, but I do not suspect these vessels being sold at all. I have a soul. I have a soul. Your master's words, not mine. Hmm. And why, after all, should the soul's vessel be revered when the object of its purpose is gone? No, I should not suffer so cruel a fate as eternal solitude for the sake of abandoned meat. i <sighs> no abandoned meat. I'm a good man. I serve him well. You wouldn't say that. N- not say it out loud, perhaps, but write it. I don't like this, sir. I don't like this at all. Look not too deeply into your master's words. Remain calm. Clearly he's under some sort of emotional duress. Over the course
7: of the time it took him to write these. I agree with Ayavos. Please remain calm.
4: So, while you are putting this journal back, do you think it would be too dangerous to try and go downstairs? You. Alphonse, is that your name? Yes. The other one. Do you think you could convince him to help us? You haven't convinced me to help you. Have we hurt you yet? Other than the first time? I mean, the first one counts. You know, get a freebie on the first.
7: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alphonse. <laughs> what a cut up. <laughs> Ooh. You know, he has a point. You, ju- you can't just go hiding behind doors and bonking people. It's okay, Alphonse. What was your companion's name? Did you say Patton? My Patton. That is a nice name, too.
5: More words. <clears throat> parts, parts, parts. Down the dumb the family loves me, and forgoes their parts with nobility and grace. But the need grows ever greater, and I have run out of kin. I am willing to harvest. I have repurposed niece Rosamond and nephew Preston, that they may capture the unseen villagers.
2: It wasn't right of him. It wasn't right what
5: he did to Rose, that taunt me with their weekly gifts. No avail, and yet, despite my failures, I have not seen him. Great-uncle is disinclined to grant me sight of his countenance, nor indeed his laboratory. There is a trick to it. There must be. The books yield nothing. Every volume pulled and replaced. Yet the fantasies of my boyhood novels fear me. No secret door or hidden passage. It must be the jars. Yet the mechanism eludes me.
4: We are going to have to deal with this pattern eventually.
6: True enough. I say we call him up here. Bait him. To be entirely honest, I feel a bit bad about knocking him in the head. He seems to be more or less cooperative. Not your standard. He is
4: not cooperative. Might in cooperating? That's what that... Yeah. Oh, well then should I kill you instead? Point. Um... He has no soul. He's abandoned meat, apparently.
3: I'm not abandoned
2: meat. I'm uh, not
4: abandoned meat. It says right there in the paper.
3: That's... I,
6: someone else must have wrote that. I'm sure of it. Well, anyway. Downstairs...
4: I don't imagine this pattern is going to be much tougher than Alphonse over here.
3: I'm tough you couldn't knock me out. Even your big boy with his big stick couldn't do nothing.
4: He tapped you once on your axe wound and then you cowered on the floor. So. Some would say that might be worse. You, You willingly went down. Still pondering over the jars and looking at the contents of the desk.
5: Oh, look at this. I say. I have found it. My melancholia... In its ascendance, I took to the forest, hoping to be, oh dear, hoping to be devoured by the nameless beasts, or skewered on the hay forks of the villagers like the monsters of the page. That's where I found the sign. The ivy is to blame, choking every inch of the weald. From there to Morgan Wincott's Mortuary Science, Volume 1, prominently featured, how could I be so blind? Five jars, five stages of decomposition, each stage a substance but what of gas surely not the air we breathe perhaps pressure is the key
3: after a brief search you actually do in fact find wincott and more importantly a bookmark on this
5: page stages of decomposition this seems quite fitting to the puzzle rigor the remains are fresh the muscle sees blood pools to the lowest point bloat Microorganisms begin to digest the tissue of the body, producing pressurized gas. Dissolution. Tissues begin to liquefy. Adipocere or corpse wax, may be formed. Putrefication, Chemicals are released, making changes to the soil that may persist for years. Desiccation. At this stage, little remains but bone. Interesting. Blood, gas, wax, soil. ...and bone. The jars are mostly empty, but perhaps we could fill them with slightly more contents. These seem like things that are... ...not difficult to find, though their origin could be questionable to our people.
4: This place smells like it's filled with dead bodies. True enough. But not much fresh blood. Hmm. Well...
5: ...several of these things we have at our disposal. I have a few candles on my person. Uh, for wax... Blood, I dare say,
4: we all carry readily. So does this abandoned bitzak. Does he, though? I don't like this. I don't like being talked to like this.
5: I apologize, sir. We are simply trying to unravel the mysteries that your master has laid out, piece by piece. You're revealing secrets, secrets I don't want to hear, and I don't like it at all. Oh, dear. Uh, Do you not wish to discover the secrets your master wished to find?
3: No anymore. It's my master's business,
4: not mine. It's not your business either. He's raising his voice loud enough to be heard. He angry. Gaspar is going to intimidatingly get low to him and just quietly say, If you make noise and bring them here, you are only doing what I want you to do.
2: I don't care.
7: I want my family. I want Um, my friends.
4: Is Penny stopping him from
7: screaming? Penny will... Kind of drop all pretense and hurl herself onto Alphonse and grapple him to keep him from yelling. OK, dokey. What you got? I've got a big ol' 4 Ooh, That
3: didn't do it. He begins to scramble away from you calling out, "Button! Button here! The monster's are here!" And as he does, you begin to hear howling from outside, as the baying of hounds and commotion from downstairs, as the family. Rises to meet you.
2: Yes, 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 this is it. We're finally going to see some action. No more grandpa story time. No more hiding in the library. That ding dong man just saved this broadcast.
1: Ding dong man?
2: Yeah, the ding dong man. The man in your house who dings a dong when the company comes? You know, a ding-dong man? I think you mean Butler. I'm pretty sure he's a ding-dong man.
1: I for one am fascinated by the Descended to Madness depicted in those journals. I can only imagine how long this Nepin must have endured this provincial prison before turning to the Dark Arts to alleviate his crushing isolation. Is it the axis that drives these people to madness? Or was that seed always there? waiting for fertile ground in which to blossom. Nope, just
2: crazy. I don't think any amount of countryside sit-around ends with a sane man going to Uncle Nightmare's Build-A-Cousin Workshop.
1: In any case, Team Gold Dragon has a mess on their hands. Their prisoner has just called to arms a family of the dead, and now they must decide whether to prioritize their grim puzzle to affect the means of escape, or to enact family side to grant them the safety needed to complete their quest.
2: Hmm. Play the rainy day classic, Blood in a Jar, or wipe out an army of ravenous ding Tough
1: call. Whatever choice they make, their score is going to take a hit. Novice teams are notorious for quest anxiety and indecision. I suspect many were hoping the son of the late, great Halophon Orison Sr. would not be so afflicted. But there's no substitute for experience.
2: And you can rest assured that there will be more of the experience after these words from our sponsors.
5: Welcome to Savagar 8. You're here on vacation, but you reach for your coin purse to buy a meal, only to find they don't deal in gold. Their currency is tiny stone medallions blessed by steam in the Church of the Alabaster Eye. Planar layover in Chimgara Belrose? Put away those silver pieces. Here, they barter in secrets. Business trip to the Outer Rim? Welcome to Falagast, the land of endless stone corridors. Here, the currency is doorknobs and candles. Keep the change. You're a professional. You travel the planes, Keep your business thriving with currency now accepted in most axial worlds. Caster Card Platinum, business quintessence class. Some planes call for the souls of weasels trapped in gemstones. For everything else, there's Caster Card. Hello, my dear LU cuties, and welcome to the middle part of the episode where all the juicy middle stuff happens. If you have any personal messages or ads you'd like to place in the mid roll, this space is for sale. Just send an email to admin at slapdashstudios.com to get the ball rolling. You could give your friends who listen to the show a shout out. You could complain about your boss, or even promote a project you're working on. Selling ad space like this helps us pay for all of the programs, equipment, web hosting, freelance art and music, and more, as do the patrons of our show. The show wouldn't be possible at all without the amazing backers on our Patreon. Our newest Legendary Tier patron is Zoe Voller. Thank you so
1: much for your support. Our Legendary Patreon teams are the Titans Rise, the Twilight Concord, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Forgotten Legacy, with
5: Christian Wiseman, Jack Phillips, Korgoth, and John Reinhardt. If you want to join a legendary team or become a member of the Battle Axis and have your character mentioned during the show, visit the LUQ.com to find links to our Patreon, where you can get more info about the amazing rewards all of our different tiers have to offer. You can also find links to our Twitch channel, where we stream games all week long. If you love Pokemon, we have a ton of content for you. Every Monday, we premiere new episodes of the LUQ where fans can live react and ask questions to me or Zach after the episode. We used to have a cooperative Pokemon solding Nuzlocke every Tuesday, but that's going to be changing to Wednesdays for the near future. And this coming Wednesday, the 26th, me and Zach will be powering our way through the rest of XY until we either become the Kalos champions or die trying. If you have anything you'd like to send a slapdash, like, oh, I don't know, one-foot-by-one-foot wall-hanging art to decorate our studio between the sound panels, our P.O. Box is 230091 Tigard, Oregon 97281. No homemade food, pretty, pretty please. Follow us on social media, tell your friends, and leave a review if you can if you want to see us keep growing. We know we'd love to keep working on LUQ and making new projects and
1: streaming for as long as we can, and we'd love to make it our full-time job. If everyone who listened donated a dollar on Patreon every month, we'd be able to realize these dreams. Just something to think about.
5: And please join the Discord. I'm serious. These are the nicest nerds in the world. And both cast and creators are very active chatting with the fans and the family every day. But that's enough out of me. Let's get you back to the Battle Axis.
1: be
2: agony. Don't torture your guests with a messy above. Whip your fridge into shape. Don't get chained to a sloppy workstation. Your home is your dungeon. Keep things in their place. Produce. Crafting supplies.
0: Bed and
2: bathroom. Storage in all sizes, from which there is no escape. Rubber Maiden, the holding place your possessions deserve. Case closed.
3: You hear rapid footsteps as the necrotic family of Wincott Manor begin making their way upstairs. Want everybody to roll me initiative. You also get one round... Without having to worry about their initiative.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Fear in this. Oh. All right, Gaspar, what'd you get? 10. Halifon? 9. Iavos? 18. Penelope? 14. Very well. Iavos, you're first in the initiative.
5: All right. Since I have a round of preparation, and clearly with the sounds of attackers coming or aggressors making their way towards us, I'm going to. Look to the party,
4: pointing to the puzzle with the jars. Should I solve this or should I help? You said you needed bone at the end. Correct. We're about to get some. So help us get the bone. All right. So being that I am in a
5: place of death, I feel now is the perfect time to say a soft whisper to the third child, his forgotten sibling, to prepare for the battle to come. Their guiding voice can only come to those who penetrate the veil. They know what lies beyond this life. They guard what lies beyond the pale. And cast false life on himself, summoning some necromancy. Nice. Nice.
7: Next up we have Penny. I'm going to take this opportunity to cast magic stone on my bag of pebbles. Okay, perfect. And, Gaspar?
4: Thank you, Alphonse. Then I take my saber, and I... Go down the axe wound and into his neck.
3: <laughs> Excellent. Go ahead and roll me an attack.
4: I rolled a nine for my attack. that total? That is the total. Oh, no dice. Um, yeah,
3: you swing at him, but he actually pretty effectively moves out of the way of the blade. That makes it Halifun's turn. All right.
6: Hal's going to attempt the same thing. Honestly, I'll just take a swing at, at the boy. Fifteen. That'll hit. All right, I was going to say, I imagine he's unarmored. Uh, He has some pretty fine slacks. Mm. Oh, okay. Top Um, tier, truly.
3: Noted. Oh. Only five. Damn. Okay, well, I mean, it's enough to do some damage. You bring your halberd down on his desiccated flesh, and some of it cuts away, but he seems largely unperturbed. Well, that's disappointing. Yes, indeed. That does, in fact, bring it to Alphonse. He goes completely insane, practically feral, swinging at you, Hal, since you're the one who's delivered him the most damage and he definitely misses. His arms fall uselessly on your armor, and you pretty much avoid m- most of the impacts. And that brings us back to Iavos.
5: All right. So it sounds like there are people coming. Iavos is going to kind of have cover behind the desk that he's been at this whole time. Watching the door, he's going to place his lantern on top of it. And the first undead aggressor that makes their way through the door, he's going to attempt to hurl a firebolt at them.
7: I like the specificity. Uh, that's Penny. Penny is also kind of back in a corner of the room and as soon as that door opens and there's somebody standing in it, she's going to cast Fairy Fire behind them. Gotcha. And that's Gaspar. So after
4: having Alphonse step back away from his saber, he's going to kind of swoop it over where his head should be and then make another horizontal slash to try and get either chest or throat of Alphonse. That's a moulinette removing the head or destroying the brain.
3: That is a 13 this time. Excellent. You perform a very deft moulinet and then bring down the saber on his neck.
4: I get sneak attack damage because he is five feet from one of my allies. Excellent. That is a total of 15 points of damage. I like it. That is more than
3: enough. You managed to completely dismember him. That is to say, removing his head from his body.
4: Can I attempt to catch the head before it falls?
3: Absolutely. Roll me a of hand.
7: Don't want it to bruise. Yeah.
4: Nine.
3: All right. Uh, no. <laughs> you cut it off and then try to jump forward to grab it, and it just falls to the ground. His skin is too damp and moist. <laughs> 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 not, <sorry. laughs> That's perfect. Um, yeah,
4: you're not sure if it did any damage on the fall, but you might be able to use it. At which point, after his body and head falls, Gaspar is going to put his heel kind of uh. Pinching the door closed, just to give it a bit more resistance so that we can slow some people
6: down. Okay, got it. And that makes it Halifun's turn. Okay. There's a bookshelf right next to me, right? Yeah. Can I pull the bookshelf over and block the door with the bookshelf? It's a big goddamn bookshelf. Probably not. Pretty strong. It's 12 feet high and about five
3: feet wide, and it's covered in books. Somewhere probably in the neighborhood of about 900 pounds.
6: All right. That's probably more (laughs) than... I'll just take up position at the door. And I'll say, Iavos, if you could please just open that goddamn door and get us out of this room. That'd be really nice. And I will hold position here and attack anything that tries to enter. So, that makes it the undead's turn. Beginning with Alphonse.
3: Unfortunately, because you dealt 15 damage plus 5... He's not able to use his undead sturdiness or whatever. (laughs) Or whatever. Fortitude. What's the name? Oh, yeah. Undead undead fortitude. Fortitude. (laughs) He's not able to use his undead fortitude to keep himself steady. So his body falls to the ground, but his head still seems vaguely animate, though incapable of doing any meaningful harm.
4: It's one of the rare cases where you can still roll a fortitude save.
3: Right. (laughs) And that makes it the front zombie's turn. The zombie you recognize as Patton moves up to the door and begins trying to tear it apart at the seams, digging his claws into any open places, slamming his body into it frantically as though he has no regard for his own physical well-being. He deals six damage to the door. You hear yet more footsteps and more impacts on the door, and now they're beginning to moan and growl like savage beasts. This one deals four damage to the door. It's beginning to splinter and crack. Another seven damage to the door. It begins to give under the pressure. More footsteps come down the hallway, but over them you can hear the unmistakable sound of magic as two shadows rise from the ground beneath you. One of them moves forward to Gaspar and attempts to use strength drain. That is a 19 to hit. That's gonna hit. Okay. The ghostly hands of an old, feeble woman pass into your chest and squeeze into your lungs. You can feel a sense of crushing weight and feebleness falling over you. You take six necrotic damage. Your natural fortitude and the fact that you yourself are somewhat dead manages to resist a considerable portion of it. However, as the necrotic magic seeps in, you can feel yourself getting weaker. You lose four strength.
5: Ooh
3: That hurts. Yeah, that's a a bad one. Yep. The next, in the other corner of the room, moves up to Iavos and attacks.
5: Oh, boy.
6: That's all right. You have plenty of strength that you can lose. That that is a 20.
3: Natural? Not natural. That is a a dirty 20.
5: That super hits. Even my shield spell won't save me from that.
3: That's going to be seven damage. As the necrotic energy pulses through you, you can feel a feedback noisy and upsetting as it lashes out. Your temporary hit points disappear, even the last remaining point, but you are unaffected by the strength drain.
5: I will not fear death. It has already found me. Mm. Ah.
3: We're starting again at the beginning of the initiative order with Ayavos.
6: Ayavos, solve that puzzle. I can handle the shadows.
5: Willingly. <laughs> uh, Iavos is going to... Study the blood jar very briefly with his analytical mind, realize it's probably going to take a reasonable amount to activate this as a component. So having no dagger or blade on him, he's going to rake his hand against the rusty edge of the plowshare because it's being used in enacting a ritual. And the nasty, gaping wound, he's going to hold over the jar and just let a good amount of his old man blood kind of plop in there.
3: Okay, we're going to deal you 1d4 damage. Fortunately, you only got one. Hell yeah. But that was more than enough of your old man's blood to fill the (laughs) adequate level of this jar.
5: And with my move action, I'm just going to pull a candle out of my bag and plop it in the wax jar.
7: Excellent. And it sounds like that's the end of your turn. That makes it Penelope's turn. Penelope is going to run over to Alphonse and start digging through for some bones while apologizing. (sighs) I'm so sorry, Alphonse. You You are a good man. (laughs) <laughs> That's beautiful.
3: Um, you plunge your hand into his sopping flesh and you're able to pull out a few rib bones, though they are covered in meat.
7: Again, I'm sorry. Penny takes the rib bones from Alphonse and races over to meet Iavos at the jars and put them inside the bone jar. Okay, excellent. Uh, there is a shadow in your way. You'd have to go this way, then that
3: way. So the two of you are now standing up against the wall. You shove your supply into the bone jar. And that makes it the end of your turn. Moving it to zombie one, who is Alphonse, who is dead. And zombie two attacks the door. Okay, and that'll do it. Patton swings again, and as a crack forms in the door, he sticks his fingers in. You can see the meat peeling back from his finger bones as he grabs
6: either side and pulls free enough space for him to begin crawling in. May I use my readied action to attack? Yes. May I use my attack action to grapple and yank one of his denuded finger bones off?
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Because he just peeled
6: his own flesh off. I love it. Can he beat a 20 total? He can't beat a fucking wet rat, so you're good. (laughs) Nice. Hal, you know, has his halberd ready, sees that bone, and just snatches it, rips the finger off, and then yells, Penny, bone, and I throw the finger. Poor show, you insufferable
3: bastard. And he continues to try and climb his way through and does, in fact, make it to the other side. The next man also tears through and begins to climb to the other side. And the other two zombies fill in the space behind them. They all seem to be dressed as servants, tailcoats and exposed small clothes in their funereal garb.
5: Fancy zombies.
3: Okay, perfect. Gaspar?
4: This shadow of an old matron has her fingers in my lungs, so I'm going to, as if parrying a blowheaded from my chest, attempt to sever the arms as I pull my saber up. Nice. That is a natural 20. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. It's a good time to roll a
5: 20 when there's an old lady's hands in your lungs.
4: Yeah, I'd say so. Go ahead and give me that damage. One... That is 33 points of damage. Okay.
3: You draw your blade up, cutting off its hands, and as though cutting the tether that ties it to this realm, it begins to dissolve. What's left behind is a skull and nothing else.
7: Oh, more bone. Suddenly we have so many
3: bones. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the bone zone. And that makes it Halifun's turn.
6: Okay. So we're down one shadow. There's still another shadow right next to Iavos. And there's two zombies crawling their way into the room next to me. What does the other shadow look like? It's not an old lady, right? It's an old man. It's an old man.
5: Aw, they're in
6: love. (laughs) I mean, this is a family. Right. Hey, Grinded, If you're hungry, maybe you should eat someone with a little bit more to give. And I cast Compelled Duel on the old man shadow. If he wants to eat some strength, he can take it off of mine. Beautiful. He needs to make a...
5: Well, fuck me, I guess. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Wisdom saving throw. And because my charisma is only plus two, it's only 12.
5: Gotcha.
2: He
6: actually gets exactly a 12. Well, dick my butt. I'm not a granddad. I'm an uncle. Well, I, Like the uncle? I'm an uncle, not the uncle. Well, fine. Idiot. You're useless then. And Hal is going to... He is just in range of my glaive, so I'm just going to lash out and try and stab him in the face. Beautiful. Roll the attack. Yeah, and assuming he's like his old lady, then there's actually a target inside that face for me to stab. I'm going to use the bardic inspiration that Penny gave me earlier, (laughs) which I haven't used yet. So I rolled a four on my die. Ooh, beautiful. Giving me eight. I I went for the bardic inspiration and rolled a one. Does a total of nine hit a shadow? You know, it doesn't. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Should have attacked a zombie. Mm. So I miss. Okay. And I think that's me. You're as bad with that glaive as you are with
2: your mind. Now watch your friend die.
3: And then he attacks Iavos. And doesn't get a great roll. He rolls a
5: ten. Hey, that misses. Hey,
3: hot damn. He swipes at you, but it seems ineffectual. He seemed to have put all of his mental energy into coming up with that (laughs) quick wit and uh, fails completely. And that makes it Ayavos' turn again.
5: I'm going to stay focused on puzzle solving mode despite the shadow that's trying to consume me. So I need to create a pressurized gas in one of these jars. Yes. What I'm going to do is, to the best of my ability, I'm going to pull out the water skin from my explorer's pack. Okay. Pour in like a cup or two of water, just give it a squeeze. Uh huh. And then enacting the Prestidigitation cantrip, kind of pulling a little bit from my Firebolt spell, I'm just going to superheat the jar for a minute to create a <laughs> bunch of like steam and vapor inside with the lid on.
3: You know, I'll say that digitation can bring water to boil. That seems like a pretty standard thing that like you're like a witch in a hut somewhere would be wanting to do.
5: Yeah, I, wizards definitely make tea a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely the ability to instantly boil water
3: is going to be essential. you
5: want, like, Arcana or something? Yeah, go ahead and give me an Arcana check. So I don't, like, shatter the jar and fuck us over forever?
3: You know, and I'm going to go ahead and institute a rule here. If you have pressed or thaumaturgy and you want to do something a little outside the bounds, go ahead and just give me an Arcana or religion check, depending on what's most appropriate.
6: Right. I do the same and he's, I like it. He's creating Ayava Java. 19.
3: I love it. Yeah, okay, so you... <laughs> Quickly pour the water in and set it to boiling. And it takes a few seconds, but after a certain amount of time, you can tell that something has changed. Some shift in the magical energy in the space.
5: And with my move action, it's like while I'm kind of stumbling and doing this, I'm just going to kick off one of my dirty old work boots in <laughs> preparation for my next plan.
3: Okay, cool. And that makes it
5: Penny's turn.
7: Penny is going to turn to the old man shadow that has been attacking Ayavos. And she's going to say, it is time to return to the grave. It calls to you. And cast Dissonant Whispers. Okay. What do I need to do? That is a wisdom saving throw. The DC is 13.
3: Well, they've been doing dog shit on the old wisdom department, so, and this is no different. Absolute failure.
6: I mean, I would say they did just fine when they resisted my spell. but
5: <laughs> Let's just say their highest roll has been a 12.
7: <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it's been a rough one. Okay, so the shadow begins to hear whispers from all around it that deal psychic damage. Nine points. It was not a great roll, but it must also move as far away from me as possible. Excellent. So nine points of damage and it moves as far away from you as possible? Yes, but it doesn't have to go through hazards that will hurt it. It moves
3: all the way to the other corner of the room, screaming, and in response to what you said earlier, to return to the grave... He screams, "There is no rest here. There will never be rest here." As he runs away from you, that means I almost gets an attack of opportunity.
5: I have no weapons and I am not proficient in unarmed. Not so. gonna
3: punch him. Not gonna just like swing <laughs> your your dirty old man hands at him. Just bitch slap a ghost.
5: I don't believe how punching a shadow would do anything in my mind. Fair enough for for <laughs> an old man logic.
3: All right, so you look at him and you just know you could get him if you wanted to, but you're not that man anymore. <laughs> But Hal also gets an attack of opportunity on this one.
6: Yeah, and I have a uh, glaive, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to use it. I like it. I'm not bitch-slapping no ghost. Just going to clothesline him with your glaive? I'm bitch-stabbing a ghost. Hopefully more effective. Damn. It's a seven. (laughs) Not doing great. He (laughs) dodges that one, shockingly. Old old single-digit Hal continues. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So,
3: that's the end of your turn, and that makes it Zombie 2's turn. So one of the zombies realizes they can't get fully through the door, so instead they just swing at Gaspar. Ooh. Yeah, that's a 14 plus three, so you got a 17. That's going to hit. All right.
4: That is a five points of damage. Please, sir, may I have another?
6: (laughs) All right. There are three more zombies. There are indeed.
3: The next one crawls through the door and takes a swing at Hal for eight. That does not hit. Unsurprising, believe it or not. And the other two can't make their way through the door and past you, so they simply just reach their hands through trying to claw at you ineffectually. That does make
4: it Gaspar's turn. So this guy just clawed into me past my studded leather. I'm going to point the tip of my blade towards center of mass, do a couple feints, and then stab on through. All right. That is a 18 to hit. Okay, cool. Go ahead and roll the damage. Love that sweet rogue sneak attack damage. 12 points of damage. Beautiful.
3: That does a fair amount, gashing him open in many places and leaving him largely unfunctional.
6: If this were a normal person, he'd probably die. That makes a on turn. Looking around the room, the shadow's in the corner. It looks like there's one jar left. Yeah, there's one jar left. Okay. The zombies are trying to get in. This isn't going super great. Hal's going to glance around, glance around, glance around, and there's a little desk next to me, right? Mm Mm-hmm. By... Any chance does this library happen to have, like, a dead little potted plant in there? There is, in fact, a dead little potted plant just sitting right there. It might
3: have been a bonsai tree at one point, but now it's mostly just a stick in the dirt.
5: Now it's gonsai. (laughs) (laughs) Hal's
6: going to pick up the potted plant, call on his athlete background, and just carnival game that potted plant into the jar you're
5: gonna three point a succulent that's
6: exactly what i'm doing you dump the
3: contents of the pot over into your hand with a large clump of dirt go ahead and roll me an athletics check
6: athletics hey guys i think i'd like to spend one glory to get inspiration on this roll that's fair how how does the party feel about this
5: i think it'll probably end the conflict and you haven't been rolling hot 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 no i've been (laughs) i've been
6: i've been rolling undeadly cold yeah do it. It's clutch. All right. One glory. Inspiration. Roll in two dice. That is a natural 20.
8: Ooh. There and the crowd goes one.
6: <laughs> <laughs> For a total it's of 24.
3: You huck that three pointer and the dirt clod goes right into the jar. And as it does, the
6: bounce causes the lid to close on itself. <laughs> Hal, Hal just quietly says, yeah, go again
8: what Air (laughs) Gorgon
7: Jesus you
6: didn't let me say Kobe I I assumed Air Jordan was out too I had to make it Mm
7: -hmm. D&D
6: as soon as the jar
3: closes you can see as the bones in the bone jar begin to crunch and bend and twist turning into a small creature this skeleton crawls out of the jar into the jar of blood from that It arises covered in muscle. From there, it goes into the jar of wax, which dissolves over its muscle and rises as fat. It then crawls over into the dirt and lays to rest. As soon as it does, the contents of all the jars disappear, and the wall swings wide. The door's open! Hurry! You all manage to effectively disengage from the zombies that you're fighting, and move out into this room and close the door behind you. You hear the zombies screaming as they run towards the door. You can see the phantasmal hand of the shadow reaching through and then being rebuffed by some kind of energy field. There you stand at the top of a dimly lit staircase. Just below the door, you see one last note.
5: I see now. My grandparentage was ever brotherless on all sides. I should not think I have a great uncle.
2: From downtown, Halifon Orison Jr. sinks a dirt clod mid-combat to finish the puzzle and open the way down for the Gold Dragon. I'm starting to think the Halo missed his calling. I wouldn't be surprised if he finds a stack of invitations to play in this year's Fay Jam.
1: An excellent shot and a timely resolution to the combat. It would seem that whatever dark magics course through this floor of the battle axis have granted temporary asylum, as even the incorporeal undead struggle to penetrate the puzzle wall.
2: No doubt the dragon will take a hit on valor for retreating from combat, but what a retreat it was.
1: A hit they can afford to take. With solid teamwork and ingenuity, I suspect they're well above the league average for novice teams. But that's for our judges to decide.
2: Speaking of judges, while Gold Dragon takes a well earned rest, It would seem the commission has judged Vilberg, formerly of the Wild Company, fit to rejoin at Hero Rank. Word has it up-and-coming tiefling monk rogue, Clint of the East Winds and fire genasi sorcerer Pyre Larisharn are on the shortlist with Vilberg to fill the empty hero roster for an as-yet unnamed administrator.
1: Despite recent scandal, Vilberg's champion rank experience and former record place him high in the Hero Rank. It just goes to show that one mistake cannot tarnish a storied career in the LUQ.
2: And speaking of stories, what a finish to Nepet's tale. I mean, I obviously knew that Uncle Baseman was a shadowy flimflammer from the beginning, what with my keen senses and sharp lobes. But what a twist for the unsuspecting fans.
1: Twists and turns are the bread and butter of the battle axis. As the season moves forward and the teams prepare for a chance to prove themselves within its strange halls, we too must prepare our hearts for the trials and tribulations our beloved adventurers must face. With danger around every corner, will our intrepid adventurepreneurs meet their ultimate fate at the hands of the necromantic force that lies beneath Wincott Manor? Or will they rise victorious? Find out soon on the League of Ultimate Questing, Battle Axis.
3: That's the end of the episode. Woo!
5: Woo! Woo. Fucking shadows, man.
6: Was my do the whole time? It was only a matter of time.
5: Sweet revenge.
6: Yeah, that was jarring. (laughs) Oh!
3: Flawless Taz. Thank you. Who Um,
7: who do? I. I mean, who wants do? Dana do? Michael do?
3: I'm terrified. Either
7: or. Dana can do. Dana do. Yeah, Dana do. Okay, well, let's uh, start by going around the table.
6: It me, Michael Loving. I play Halphen Orson, the the Damian Lillard of our party. <laughs>
5: Is that a basketball
6: thing? Yes. Yeah, he's a, a he's the Blazers uh, guy. He shoots a lot Star. of three pointers.
5: Cool.
7: I'm Angelo Kaluag. I play Gaspar, the headless rogue. And I'm Dana, playing Penelope Farthing, the fawn bard. I'm Law. I play
5: Iavos Adora, witness to the withering acre, and creative director of Slapdash Studios.
7: Excellent. And
3: I am Zach Barkas and the Dungeon Master. I'm the Dungeon Master. Hey, I did this. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Our great uncle. <laughs> yeah. I'm the great uncle of your dungeon dreams. Dungeon uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the dungeon <laughs> uncle you all wish you could be. I am also the technical director for Slapdash Studios slash producer person i also want to thanks Hediger the edgar mm, for mm. his marvelous work and no doubt this one took a fat chunk of time
7: i also want to thank brie golden of golden stylus for their work on our art stuff and hopefully you like this episode if you want to hear more you can check us out at the luq.com you can also find us on apple podcasts spotify or anywhere else you can listen to podcasts
6: they don't cut the outro, so
7: that's going to be in there. Oh, yeah. You're going to get that yeah. long pause. On the, the entire, yeah. I'm usually they, so good, too. If they
6: didn't cut outros for Sam, they're not cutting outros for Dana.
7: That is fair. <laughs> well, on, uh, on our website, you can also find links to our Patreon and Discord. Mm-hmm. Special thanks to all our Patreon members. It's really what helps us make this podcast and helps us get everything that we need to do it discord is also great if you're a fan of the show come check it out we have a great community everyone's super friendly it's super cool place and until next time we wish you luck